and welcome to Conversations with Sports Fans. I'm your host, Doug Hill, and in this episode, I am delighted to be joined by Rich Mason. Rich is a native of southeastern Michigan, and when he's not working his day job with one of Detroit's big three automakers or watching his daughter's athletic events, he's likely to be out on Lake St. Clair fishing. We look forward to learning a bit about all of that during our time together. Rich, welcome to Conversations with Sports Fans. Thanks, Doug. Well, thanks for doing this, uh, partner. I I, um, I know we've gone back and forth a bit on trying to get you on, and I'm excited to have you with us today. Uh, we, we really only have one fixed question here. What's one of your earliest memories of being a sports fan? You know, and that came up in a conversation a couple of weeks ago, and I'll tell you what. My earliest recollection is Jason Thompson, um, okay. Detroit Tigers. I mean, going back, I mean, we're talking years ago. Um, he was my hero. I I would I would stop anything I was doing if he was at bat. Um, just it, it it was him. I mean, that's that's the guy. You know, um, yeah, that's what I remember. Just I, I wanted to be Jason Thompson. You know, in every aspect of my playing baseball or, you know, it just, he just, he was one of my heroes at that time. And of course, I mean, today, and I can't be in it so far back. Is that the modern day Pete Alonso? I don't know. So. Well, I, I Pete Alonso may be a little, little better than Jason Thompson <laughs> was uh, with the benefit of history to look back at, at, rooftop Thompson's uh, career, yep. but what was it about Jason Thompson? Do you remember what it was? It, 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 it was, it was the first baseman aspect and the way he could hit the ball and that's it. And I think it was, you know, thinking about, I think it was that, that one we put over the roof at uh, Tiger stadium to really, uh, you know, um, get me going. You know, I, I, I fell in love with baseball. I was watching it all the time and, you know, I wanted to play, and that was a long time ago. Man, I, I mean, you're, you're, I had a, I had to think about that one. So, yeah. Now, are you a left-hander? Do you bat left-handed? No, I'm a right-hander. Okay. Well. And nor have I ever tried left-handed. <laughs> um. So baseball was it early on? That was your yes. like one of your first loves. Um, yes. Oh yeah. Did Did it go anywhere from there? Did was that like a gateway sport for you to discover other sports, or did you were you pretty monogamous with baseball for a long it was, time? It, it was pretty monogamous with baseball. We didn't do anything else then. Um, you know, at that point, then we, it, it, I mean, doing swimming lessons, let's say parallel with baseball. That's how uh, my swimming career got uh, got rolling in. Uh, and turned down the road, it was okay, choose one. And all three of the kids were, you know, my brother and my sister. We were all swimmers. So we decided all to follow the swimming career right through high school. So but uh yeah. I'm trying to think in the 80 or so that we've had as guests, I'm I'm not sure that I've had a competitive swimmer, at least not one who you know led with that, so to speak. What is that what is that like or what was that like? Um, you know, back in the, in the eighties and, and late seventies, when you were doing that, what, what does it mean? What's the commitment to be a, a competitive swimmer? Well, it, it, it is a, you call it a five back then it was a five day 
uh, a week, it, it 52 weeks a year um, sport. And as you develop in the high school and even the, you know, how should I say this? Um, Cause I, I coached uh, both high school and uh, age group. Swimming has morphed now into a seven day a week, 364 day a year activity. Um, the commitment is, is just draining. Um, the team sport is, is there, but you have to remember with all the yards, it's a black line on a bottom of a pool. That's all you're looking at every single day. And that's that, that swimming is a commitment in itself. Now, is that in your era, was that training before the school day, like in the pool, like, you know, at the crack of dawn or before dawn and was there after school swims as well? Yes. During high school, we'd, we'd run, we'd run a six to seven 30 program and then uh, go to school and then right back to practice after school from three 30 to five 30 and then throw a Saturday in there. Um, you know, every once, once in a while a Sunday, but it was, yeah, intense at most. Yeah. It was all so, about yards in the morning. That, that's what it was. Okay. And I presumably then the meets are when you're able to have some fun and, and enjoy it a little bit more so perhaps than the, the constant training. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And those usually Tuesday and th- Thursday meets during high school season. But when you were a kid, it was weekends. So you sacrificed a weekend. Actually, I didn't sacrifice a weekend. Your parents who took you sacrificed a weekend, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Yeah. It's all about the parents, I'm telling you. So sure. sure. Um, now do you as an as an adult now and someone who is a little further removed from swimming, do you still watch the competitive swimming? And and what do you make of that when you when you are viewing um, you know, the the nationals, the the worlds and the Olympics? Yeah. Yes, I watch it. <laughs> I watch it with a passion. Do I miss it? Yes and no. Um, the, just, just seeing the, the evolution of, of, of time, which is, you know, breaking records as we go on is just unbelievable. Um, these, these kids coming up have, they're just have superpowers. And I know being a swimmer going into, into coaching, um, I know what it takes for them mentally and physically just to get there and believe me the kids that are up there they have they go through through regiments that are just mind-blowing it is it's just mind-blowing to see where they're where where they are now and you i mean their path to get there is just unbelievable uh both mentally and physically because again you gotta remember it's it's a very it's it's not where the teams but your head's in the water you're not talking to somebody, you know, Hey, you know, move over here, move. Up. No, it's you're, you're looking at a black line in the bottom of the pool. It's concentration. You know, it's a mental thing more than, well, it's physical too, but it mentally it's, it, it, it's draining. Yeah. I, I would think so, especially for some of those distance races, right. That are just, you know, a, a thousand or 5,000 that are just, it seems like it's interminable where you're in there. Um, 
which is why I marvel all the time whenever I'm able to catch a Katie Ledecky race that just, you know, she's, she's kind of swimming against herself most of the time, but it's just so impressive with what she does. And what even, what's even more impressive is the fact that her age now has not caught up with her. She's still taking out the gun kids. So I, superpower. Um, would you be a proponent of specializing in sports or, or not? It sounds like you kind of specialized when you got to the point where you had to make a choice between baseball and, and swimming. And I know that there's a lot of back and forth now with the specialization. How do you feel about that? I, I, I don't like it. I, I think, especially in high school, I think kids um, should be able to play uh, multiple sports. Uh, I, I think it d- does a lot for them. Um, in school, uh, it's it the the rigor of of going to school and coming home and going to sports and I I I just think mentally you're you're better off playing multiple sports than specializing in just one. Now, when you get to the college level, I think that's when it changes. But I think in high school, I, I you know like like. Let let's do more than just just one sport. Uh, there's too there's too much of that. There's just too much of that. Yeah. Um, do we blame the? I don't want blames maybe the wrong word, but is is the causation of this? Do you think is it the parents and some of the club coaches who are just promoting the opportunity to get to college and and perhaps a scholarship or where do you think this lies in terms of? So many of these student athletes now are concentrating on an individual sport. Yeah, I, I, you know, that's twofold, and that's that's what kind of house. Well, it depends on what kind of household you live with, live in. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you what the pressures of these coaches, um, to 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 tell a student, a student athlete, you have to just play volleyball, or you have to play just basketball. I. I don't. I mean, I don't think that's right. I really don't. I, I. I don't. I just. I've seen it too many times. I've actually got myself in a little bit of trouble by getting an argument with a coach at one time. Um, so I, I'll leave it at that. Because I, I can't I, see. I, that. I, just, I can't see that ever happening, Rich. I just, just, I just totally disagreed with the fact, like, to you know, for him to say, no, 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 you, you have to play my sport, and then you have to in the off season. Uh, practice with this team it, it no it, no 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 it don't happen that way yeah um okay well we'll move on i don't want to get your blood pressure up so early mm-hmm. on, a sa- on a saturday morning here no <laughs> <laughs> but but talk to us a little bit if you can then about um how you know once you kind of moved on from the competitive swimming component of it how did your sports um fanaticism how did that change if it has at all i presumably you're more than just a, a baseball fan these days but maybe i'm maybe i'm miss uh misreading the signals but what is it what is it like for you now um and, and how has that evolved over the course of time oh i mean it, living living here in detroit i mean how, how can you not enjoy what's happening now even you know and even even getting out of high school you know you the Pistons were just phenomenal. You had the Tigers with Cabrera coming on there. I mean, that was a f- phenomenal era. Um, I've oh, you know, and 
you know, I don't know. I might get struck down, but I've always been a Detroit Lions fan, whether they were zero and 16 or they were, they won four games and stuff. I've always been an advocate of the Detroit Lions. I've always stood behind my team. And, you know, this year may be an exciting year. I'm not, you know, but, and then, you know, I, let's go back to the, the, the Red Wings. I mean, how can you not living in this town be a sports fan of everything that happens here? And, and, of in you know, let, go back to the swimming aspect. I'm still following kids. Um, I, I coached in, in Gross Point. I'm still following those kids that I had, you know, when, when, when I coached them when they were six, seven years old, and they're finally through college now. Um, you know, I just, a, I mean, a couple of them actually made it to the Olympics. I mean, and, and won medals. Uh, so, you know, it, it, no, sports fan, never let i'm i'm everything i mean i yeah. don't know what else i mean but you know the smaller sports and of course you know i both of my daughters well one played soccer and one does play soccer um i mean I, i'll be totally honest with you i really don't enjoy the game but i like to watch and play and you know that that for me that being a sports fan i mean i'm there for my kids Again, I'll sit. I'll sit for an hour and a half and watch, <laughs> run around and kick a ball as I see it. And you know what? And, and as long as they're playing hard and having fun, that's all that counts. That's a sports fan. I mean, you have to have some sort of fun. You have to enjoy what you're seeing. That's a sports fan. And if you don't, I mean, move on. I mean, you know, there's other sports. Yeah. So. Um, you referenced the soccer piece and, you know, like a lot of us probably from our era, it was not a native sport to us, but we have inherited it through our children and perhaps friends of our children. Um, is there, I mean, do you feel as though you're adept at the rules now? Do you kind of understand the concept or is it really just a matter of you going to see your kid on the field or the pitch? I'm sorry. Yeah. It's not (laughs) hard to adapt the, the, the concept of rules. You, you learn pretty quickly. I mean, um, you, I mean, the, the biggest thing is you have to watch the, <laughs> I, I get in a million times, you know, um, I don't, I, I, I was a coach. I don't say much, you know, let the kids play, you know, I just, I just love competitive sports, be competitive, you know, who cares what happens? What's the, the outcome is, you know, all right, you lost. Or you tied, or maybe you won. Yeah. You know, be competitive. That's it. That's all I ask. <laughs> but yes, soccer is. Uh, yeah, soccer in in general is just. Uh, I can't even think, I think it was thrown in my lap. So, now, did you have you have um, didn't a daughter play volleyball as well? Uh yes, yes. for freshman year. But you know that was she played the oldest one. My my. <clears throat> daughter that's a junior played volleyball and basketball and quickly got out of both of them and just went to soccer. Okay. Um, her way of being specialized. I mean, yeah. Okay. And then the, my youngest one, she actually plays, uh, volleyball or I'm sorry, soccer and basketball. So, Um, And speaking of competitive, I I started thinking about you a 
you know, last month, I think, or maybe it was earlier this month, as I turned on my television on a Saturday morning in a quiet home and happened upon Fox Sports One. And there were a bunch of people on boats in Lake St. Clair fishing, something called the Bassmaster series or something like that. And they were actually fishing here in our home state, near our hometown. And I know that you're a big outdoors fellow. Uh, you like to do your fishing. Um, is that something that, are, are there people out there that watch that on the regular, Rich? Oh boy, you have no idea. You 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 have no idea. You have okay. no clue. You, you have to understand, you know, um, and I didn't do it this morning, but I usually take a drive in, in, in early in the morning. And of course, I mean, Lake St. Clair is my backyard. Um, you cannot believe the people that come to this lake. I mean, and the reasoning why I take the drive is I find it fascinating to watch the boats go by because the launches are right down the street and, and look at their, their registration numbers, which will tell you where they're from every weekend, Ohio, Indiana, Wisconsin, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, they're all here. What we have in the backyard here, I mean, this bass fishing in, and I'm, I'm not a scientist and I don't know, I don't know the facts, but this bass fishery that they have in the backyard here is just, is, is next to none. It is probably in, I mean, you probably could ask, ask the pros, this is probably one of the best lakes in, in the United States. Um, yeah. But do people watch it? Oh, it's, it's, yeah, it's big. It's yeah. big for basically people that don't they're not here you know you, so the people from ohio the people this is a this would be a destination for them oh wow the pros are up there let's see where they're at you know but it yeah this is that it, it, yeah it's it's something it you cannot believe now and i have friends i do have a friend that his his son competes uh he's in college he's in the Bassmaster. actually he won um he won the um, uh, high school state championship for bass fishing. Uh, probably, I, I would say, probably five years ago. He's a senior at Grand Valley State University right now, um, but he is compete in the national level with Grand Valley um, Bass Masters. But yeah, you ask him every time you go over to house, what is he doing? He's watching bass fishing. So. Okay, well, this begs all sorts of questions, Rich. So you're going to be oh. our, you're, you're going to be our guinea pig. We've never gone down this rabbit hole before, so we're going to try it here. First of all, you just said that there was a high school state championship in fishing. Yes, yes. <clears throat> Tell me more. Well, I don't know the details, but <laughs> it's 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 the same thing. Uh, it's it's two students. Um, they have a boat. Uh, it's usually a parent's boat. Uh, they're not allowed to run the boat, the kids, the the adult that so, of course, I want to say is captaining the boat. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily they own the boat, but they were given the boat, whatever the case. He has to run the boat, but the kids make the, the choices. They make the decisions. They tell them where they want to go. Um, so it's. It's a different type of tournament, but yes, it's a state championship, and they do have one in Michigan, and they have one, I think, in every. I mean, the South. They, I mean, you know, Alabama, uh, Georgia. I mean, that Tennessee, Kentucky. They're huge into this. I mean, it, it's a big deal. 
I mean, this is, I think mean, if you think about it, you know, it's like Auburn, Alabama down there, you know, this is big, this is big stuff. And they do this in the collegiate level too. Well, that was my next question. So yes. we have college, we have college fishing. Yes. Um, now over it, you said that your son's uh, or your friend's son is over at Grand Valley. Correct. Is, are they just on, they're not on Lake Michigan, I presume they're on some in, no. in lake or something that they Correct. fish at? Correct. Okay. It's, it's, it's select lakes throughout the state. Um, uh, they do come to Lake St. Clair sometimes. Um, just thinking about, I can't, um, they were up in Traverse city for, they had for a tournament probably three weeks ago. Uh, but, uh, it, it is traveling. Um, Albion is big with this too, as I recall. Um, I don't think Michigan, Michigan does not have one. I did not see. I don't think Michigan State has one. But the smaller colleges do. I think Kalamazoo has one. Uh, Western Michigan definitely has one. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's growing. Uh, they do have. They do cover this on ESPN. Uh, it's small snippets, so it, it it's growing and it's growing quickly. Well, you referenced the small snippets that morning I was watching Bassmasters. Again, I'm not sure why or how I ended up there, but I did. And I'm happy I did. It was it was an interesting um, experience. I love the concept of 10 boats with cameras uh, and then this drone overhead. It was it was pretty cool to watch. But then they they cut away at like 10 o'clock in the morning and I had to go and find it on a, a stream someplace to keep <laughs> up. Like, what the heck is this all about? Um, I need to see the whole event. I can't deal with this only three hours. It was like a big tease. Well, you know, the funny thing is, is that you could have went to Brandenburg Park, which is not too far from your house where they had to weigh in. And there had to be like 15 to 2,000 people there. I Hearing these people out. And not to take away from that, but 10 boats. Every guy in that boat is a character. They are. They're funny people i mean they they are entertainment in themselves so Uh, how how do they deter i know that they only have the 10 cameras and that are out with the 10 boats do you have any idea how they determine which fisher is going to get or which angler is going to get the uh the camera on the boat on a particular day well if it's so they do have a person (laughs) in the boat that's weighing the fish and that they relay that on an iPad. So a hot fisherman, so they're looking, you could be on a school of fish that they're catching and they'll, they'll run to that boat and get on that boat and keep track. I mean, then you, you're one-on-one with them. It makes it fun. I mean, if you're, if you're on the fish, you're on the fish. Yeah. I mean, there's, a, and you got to understand, there's a lot of money at stake. There's a lot of money going oh, that, on yeah, here. No, no joke. There was, you know, the what first prize was was it a hundred thousand dollars? Yeah, hundred grand, hundred grand for four days on a on a lake. Now it's seven hours a day, right? I think something like that. Seven or eight hours. Um, it, it, usually I think it's three days of practice and four days of tournament. Yeah, thereabouts. I, I'm I'm not really sure. And it and know. it looked if I was paying attention and understanding it correctly, it looks like it's similar to almost like a golf tournament or something of like that, where you the first day everybody you know you weigh in and then there becomes cut down. Yep things until you have like mm-hmm. the final i don't know 12 or 15 or whatever on that final day yeah yep yep, um, yep. but you gotta question. fish you gotta fish yourself into it yeah oh, and yeah. you gotta hope you know i mean it, you could be on two schools of fish and they can move three miles and they're gone yeah. they're gone it, it's funny with the money thing because 
Uh, this is going bad. I mean, I still, I kick myself for this. I, I was, uh, I was actually in a musky tournament, and at the marina there was a, uh, they have a, uh, a, a kind of Winnebago outside of a gas dock, and there was a pro there, and I seen him. We we fished two days, and actually he was there for for the week, and I didn't know who he was, and he is one of the last name is Christie, and I remember walking up to the guy on Sunday and I'm like, so how'd you do? He goes, I won. And it was like nonchalant. And we started talking about his electronic stuff like that. And I go, by the way, would you win 20 grand? And he goes a hundred K. And I felt just like little, it's like, I don't even know what these guys are doing. They're way, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm on a, I'm in a musky tournament for like $2,000 and they're competing for a hundred grand and said 20. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Yeah. I know a lot about bass fishing out in this lake, Yeah, but um, yeah, I'd like to apologize to him, but I haven't seen him, but whatever. The, uh, the one thing that I found interesting as I was watching that, and I presume that this is, perhaps it's now universal or maybe there are different tournaments that have different regulations or rules, but there was a lot of conversation that day about using, you know, radar or sonar or whatever to kind of track the, the fish and where the fish are at. How recent of a revelation is that? And um, how do you feel? Is that, I don't want to call it cheating, but is that, you know, are, are you, are you kind of beating the odds by utilizing this technology? Um, yes, you are beating the odds. Um, it, it does make a huge difference. Um, it's, we use a lot of panoptics here in, in, in Lake St. Clair, especially for the tournaments. I mean, it, you know, cause I, I primarily musky fish and they use that in the river for walleye fishing and it, it helps with bass. I, I, it's, uh, uh, some sort of scope that the, that the bass fishermen use. Like I, I, the, the name actually I, I can't remember the name, but you can actually see something in front of you. Mm -hmm. um, identifying the fish, uh, it, it could be another species, but usually bass are schooled up. And if you could see them, you can cast to them. You know how far they're in front of your boat or to the side of the boat. Um, in, in the musky fishing uh, realm, you you can watch them actually come up to the bait. I mean, we're trolling four miles an hour and you can watch the fish come up to the bait and then you can speed up, speed down. Um, you know, uh, there, there are certain things you can see the little attitude, but once you key into that, you know, it might be a color, it might be speed. It might be how, how deep they are. It, it's, it makes all the difference. And you have to remember you're now you're talking tens of thousand dollars for something like that. And a lot of people can't afford something like that, but these guys can, Yeah, you know, and it, it, it does make a, 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 a lot, a, a big difference um, for them. Um, I, I think if it's, it, if you can have it and it's available to everybody and everybody has it, I don't think it makes a bit of difference. Then it becomes the fisherman. But um, if you can't afford it, um, if it's only, you know, only two or three people have that technology, I don't think it's fair. Yeah. Um, I think if one has it, all of them should have it. But it does make a big difference. It is like watching TV, Doug. It is. Yeah. Yes. Now, I mean, when you, you have the, the real picture down there, what's going on? Wow. 
Now, when you go out for a tournament that you're in, is that something that is allowable in those tournaments for you? Or is yes. it like an, an honor system and because not everybody has it, nobody's going to use it? No, no, it's allowed. It's okay. allowed. It's not regulated. So gotcha. most of the charter captains on the lake have them. Yeah. Um, and it does help. It does help. Um, now, we've just spent a, a probably more time than I ever thought I would talking about bass fishing. But presum <laughs> presumably there are other types of competitive fishing programming out there. Um, can you enlighten us to what those might be? If there are, in fact, others. Well, you know, I, I, I other than bass fishing, I, I mean, you know, going down south, I mean, they have a lot of stuff with the, uh, you know, the sailfish and the marlin stuff. They have, they have a lot of, I, I've seen a lot of shows mm. with those two. Um, you know, I, I don't know. They, you know, the funny thing is they have these ponds down in, in Tennessee that they have uh, uh, catfish contests. And I see pictures and you see, you know, 300 people around a pond with their shirts off, you know, and that has to be funny. I, I have, you know, there's probably a lot of drinking. There's probably fist fights and the whole shot. I don't know if you want to air something like that, but, you know, over in England, it's uh, it's carp fishing is huge okay. over there. They have tournaments over there. I mean, not like not like we do here. I mean, we don't have it, but I, I've never seen that aired. That'd be kind of interesting. Yeah. But yeah, other than I, you know, other than bass, I, you know, and then of course, um, the golf sports, I mean, Marlin and, and sailfish that, you know, big, you know, big shows that that's, that's all. I, I mean, of course, you know, wicked tuna, you know, if you want to go there, you know, it's a reality show, but I mean, they get paid. Yeah. But it's so, also, it's, that's not a competitive, well, it's competitive in as much as you're trying to, you know, make a living catching yeah. fish, but it's not necessarily a, bonafide competition these people down south that do these marlin i mean they have yeah. money they have money i mean these boats are millions of dollars yeah. not like up here yeah. what's so. you know we'll, we'll stick in the uh, in the water theme for a moment what what's one of your favorite places that you have ever or most memorable places i guess that you've you've ever fished oh i tell you what kodiak island alaska um i actually went up there for a combination deer hunt fishing trip and the fishing there was just absolutely phenomenal i mean just it, it, halibut lingcod i mean uh flounder um silver salmon it was just that that was it, it because we actually stayed on a boat and that was just you just walk out the back you'd get done deer hunting come off the island and grab your fish around and go fish right off the back of the boat and you were always on fish um we didn't use heavy tackle. We used our light stuff that we use here in Michigan. We had a blast. We we're busting lines, laughing. Uh, just it, just it was it was just the camaraderie was just phenomenal. And then you'd fish. We we'd be able to fish all night. We fish till you know watch Northern Lights and fish, you know. But uh, yeah, that was that that was that was something. I'd love to go back and do that one day. So yeah. now was that a group of fellows that you went with? Um, that you knew, or did you just go and join up with a, a larger group that was there? No, there was six of us. Um, <clears throat> okay. Um, I knew, I personally knew two of them and the other three was another family, which the, uh, a friend of mine knew. So, I mean, we were pretty close to the whole trip. You kind of have to be when you, when you go on Kodiak Island. I mean, you know, from being in Alaska, I mean, they got the biggest brown bears in the world there. So, um, yeah, you, you become, you become from friends really quick. 
just in yeah. case you get mauled, which we didn't. But uh, yeah, that, that that is good news, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, Rich, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you for this. I I've added a, a new question to the repertoire um, recently, and I'm going to spring this one on you. We didn't talk about this in the uh, in the pre-show production notes, but here it is. If you could go back in time to any event, any sporting event, and see it live, and this could be an event that you actually did see live, you know, when you were younger, or something that you never saw, or something historical, what would that event be, and why? Oh boy. I was on a boat getting back from fishing. And I and I listened to it in an overhang when it was raining. And it would be Maglio Ordonia's home run to get him into the World Series. I wish I could see that live. Well, I, you know, I, without giving away any secrets, I will let you know that um, the person I cohabitate with was actually there in the stadium that night. Oh, man. I, I just, you know, and if, if they wouldn't, if they wouldn't have told you the lead up to that, I mean, it might've been different, but I mean, he told them, he told everybody get the champagne. We won the world series and he did it, mm-hmm. you know, at that. You know, and yes, a friend of ours that lives very close to me that was there and he actually has it on video. I'm like, man, I wish I was there because it just set the tone. I mean, it just set the tone. So, well, yeah, that would that would that would be me. That, yeah, that one. Very good. Um, well, sir, I cannot thank you enough for your time today. Uh, it's been a pleasure and I, I feel like I'm a um, better schooled. But I'm bump on fishing now than I was before we talked earlier. Okay. Well, I appreciate it, Doug. Thanks again. All right. Conversations with Sports Fans is a production of the Sports Fan Project. Our theme music is, fittingly, entitled Wooden Championships by Lobo Loco. Please visit our website at thesportsfanproject.com for more information and to contact us. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, please share it with other sports fans you know and invite them to give it a listen.